welcome to our second bonus episode of the podcast. Um, today we're going to be going through a poem that one of us wrote when they were activated in church, and sometimes it's really helpful to put creative words to an almost wordless experience. And so after this person wrote it, she shared it with us and we all were like, yes, that's exactly how it feels. Um, which was like really grounding for us to have words put to it. So we thought it would be really beneficial for, um, us to read it and just kind of share it with you guys in case any of you guys need it out there too. Um, so it wasn't quite enough for a full episode, but it also is really important and we wanted to spend the right amount of time on sharing this with you guys. So enjoy. One more thing there for those of you who need a trigger warning for any reason, uh, one of the trigger warnings for this poem is suicidality. This poem is also um, not about attacking. It was written during a heavily triggering experience and some of the beliefs held in this towards the church or towards the self um, come and go and are not so heavily held anymore, but we thought you might all be able to identify. This is to my Christian family. I was told to be silent, hide my emotions, unless she wanted praise. I still have yet to know myself. Her dance is center stage. My happiness was her happiness. Her tears would break my heart. I fantasized as her rescuer. She beamed when I played the part. I do not think I really had a name. The words were just a ringing bell. It's called, and so I rush to her and fall drunk unto her spell. She was a nightmare, but in longing I didn't feel the cuts. I'd shed every portion of my body just for her to feel my love. She told me what I felt. She told me what I thought. I was so shocked at how rotten I was. What an awful mind I've got. Sometimes I dared to think her wrong, that there was something else inside. But she was hurting more than I was, so I cast away such pride. And then I went to church. This is what I heard. We are all unworthy of him. We must decrease and he must rise. We must lay our lives down. We must not carry any pride. The saints who depraved their bodies, the losing of the self, the shame of poor evangelism, place all desire on the shelf. Never do complain, a victory he has won. Put away your selfish passions and be thankful for what he's done. I was afresh with horror. What would I decide? Is this the same story? Is there any place to hide? Does God want to erase me? Here I am again, no identity. To be mad, it would be selfish. To be sad, against his joy. To be happy, I'd be lying, blasphemous, if annoyed. To be afraid, distrusting. I am here again as nothing. So I pick up the old roll. Condemn myself, condemn myself. But suicide, too, is wrong. What does he want? What does he want? You'll always get it wrong. They tell me that he loves me, so my shame ignites tenfold. The girl who spurned God's love is the worst story I've been told. Panic. I know I love him. Sometimes I truly feel it from him. Sometimes I sense the peace. In fact, deep down I know it was him who rescued me. But their words make my trust waver. I flip around inside. Am I valued or am I worthless? Why can't the church decide? Give all of yourself to him and he will set you free. What is freedom if you're saying that I can't even be me? 
What is human with no emotion? Can I even cry at pain? Am I allowed to feed my body? Am I allowed to want again? She's taught me unworthiness. I feel it to my core. But you say he isn't satisfied. I have to still give more. How beaten can a person be? How much can one submit? I'm one step from the pillbox. Erase his cosmic disappointment. Maybe he'd be better off, and maybe she would too. After all, it is never enough. They just want change. No one wants you. And who am I anyway? No one gave me a chance to know. But here I am, trapped between two sins, to exist or just to go. I couldn't win with her. I can't win with God. Christ is my only advocate, since he is everything I'm not. I will have to rest on him, and hope that when he sees my scars, he'll tell me the church said it wrong, and I love you as you are. Yes, he'll take the sin and kill it, but there's still a me beneath. What a wonder, what excitement. Can it really be? He'll let me have emotion, he'll let me react to pain, he'll look me in my eyes when he calls me by my name. There's something here worth keeping. Such words I long to hear, and my heart it fills with longing, until returns the fear. All the messages, they cover him, totally depraved. How could I think he'd say that? What a sinful way to behave. And so you see my cycle. Mom is God, and God is Mom. I feel it, even though it's not the truth. But what do I know? I'm always wrong. I've been turning here and everywhere, asking what to do. I'm trying hard to fight it, but with no help from you. Certainly no help from you. So after hearing that poem, we're just going to go around and say what stood out to us and kind of like what we identified with or, or what kind of made us think from the poem. And I don't know, Presley, would you like to start with something that stood out to you? Yeah, so I think this cycle as a whole stood out to me because I think it's so confusing and it makes you feel like crazy and isolated. And I think it's really hard to explain to other people. So Mm -hmm. I think just like from a zoom out of the whole poem, like this cycle is like, finally, yes, exactly. Um, And just kind of the end of like, there's no settling Mm -hmm. at the end, but like there's a lot of settling in between it. And I think like that sensation was really shown, which is really hard to like tell people about or connect with. So that stood out to me as like a whole and then the two parts that like I got the chills or just like really gutted me were um stuck between two sins to exist or just to go um because it's like well me existing is harmful or hurtful or is sinful Mm -hmm. and then me not existing is also like not an option um because I personally haven't like thought about getting rid of myself in that way but just the like the idea of like both aren't options so what do you want from me kind of thing right um and then the second was um I don't I don't remember the exact thing but like well what do I know um which I think kind of leaves or like ends or starts over the cycle and leaves Mm -hmm. the whole like Though my whole life is to be determined. I'm going to be crazy forever. This is never going to end. Um, which is something that I feel a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I totally agree. It puts, it puts that whole cycle into words. And that cycle is something I've experienced definitely like in church and then also with my narcissistic parent going back and forth between 
oh, are they really narcissistic? Did they really harm me in any way? Maybe, maybe I'm just making a big deal out of nothing. And then in the next instant, saying like, wait, they really hurt me and I'm struggling with it. And then all of that kind of gets put onto God and the church. But then what really stood out to me at the end of the poem was like, I'm, I'm doing all I can to fight, but with no help from you. And that stood out to me a lot because oftentimes, at least for me, going to church does feel like a fight. Like I'm trying to filter through everything and manage all of these triggers. And while on the one hand, like, yes, that's my responsibility to manage my own triggers and to try not to read things into what people are saying at church. On the other hand, that can be very isolating sometimes, which is why I'm glad I've got you guys. Because when, when you're experiencing that at church alone, and, and it's just kind of expected that, like, okay, well, that's not what we're saying, that's not what we mean, so you gotta figure it out. It's like, you're trying to figure it out, but then you hit another trigger, and you hit another one of those messages where it's like, wait, what are you saying? I've forgotten again. Spiritual amnesia. And, and so that, that stood out to me where it's like, where, where do we go for help? And where in the church can we find a place that feels safe? And I think there are safe places in church and in certain people at church, but I think especially when triggered, it's hard to feel safe anywhere. And, and it's, and it's hard to find safe people too. Yeah. Or to even explain it. Yes. In a way that they'll understand because they're like, I didn't get that at all, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think what I like that it captures is not this idea that struggling this way means that we're not believers, that yeah. struggling with faith and leaving Christ because of this or not even not, like, not necessarily like a big cosmic anger. It It's a confusion and it's struggling with the church and how the messages are relayed, not so much with personal belief. It's one thing that um, is always an issue for me is it's not so much that I ever feel like I want to leave God. It feels like I'm choosing between staying with him through a trauma bond or staying with him as he really is. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell which is which and where the lines are. And so if I go where he might actually be, which he is, I'm risking just um, being a narcissist or making him into the god I want him to be if I if I view him that way. But the trauma bond is excruciating, and so it's that lack of trust in the self that's the that causes the flip flop, and then feeling like the church doesn't always know what to do with people like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate just the openness in the poem about struggling with like to exist or to go mm-hmm. and I think that also captures what it's like to feel like you're being erased or like that's mm-hmm. what other people want of you and specifically the narcissistic parent where you as you are you're not good enough and and there's that tension of like wanting to be yourself and exist but also feeling like you can't with someone. Mm. You have to be something absolutely different and erase yourself, get rid of yourself. But then that leads to a lot of harm too. 
and and so I think the poem captures that well yeah and I think that that's something when people try to broach that topic from the pulpit or just like in community groups I think people often have it backwards where they approach it of like you don't value life or like you don't trust God enough or Mm. you don't understand his love for you and I think it's actually the opposite like your reverence for God is so So high high. yes your understanding of who he is and his love is so immense that it's like you actually think it's loving to get rid of yourself oh my gosh I'm so glad you said that um and I think I've never heard it talked about like that in the church and it always really makes me really sad for the people who are there struggling with it yeah yeah absolutely it's God is so great that maybe what would be seen as abuse is actually loving and I've just got the definition wrong that's the definition of love what is it well and I think Mm -hmm. that we're taught that as acons of like yeah getting rid of yourself is the way that's how honor me or to love me or to do me right self-sacrifice the self-sacrifice yeah that is love and how far does that go Mm -hmm. right yeah it's a very powerful poem Mm -hmm.